They play this song like every 10 minutes on this station. I love it. I love this song. It's great. I should. I wanted to. Like, study it, get the lyrics video. And, uh, learn how to sing it in Spanish. I bet that would be fucking huge. I mean, this is not easy. He's got a lovely voice. It's nice. Remember when I heard a, uh, documentary, I mean like a study all the great singers, writers, presidents, leaders, poets, artists, musicians, guitarists, etc. Rock stars. <laughs> and she started out, she's you know, a formally trained belly dancer. And her teacher, you know, it sounds kind of like harsh now, but it's probably a good strict uh, training. <coughs> Told her that she sounded like a uh, bleated like a lamb. <laughs> Or a goat or something like that. Sound like a goat. <laughs> Which is not... I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's not the most flattering thing to... to... Uh, I would not be... I would, I would take that as like... Uh, you know discouragement and, and uh, making fun of I mean like <laughs> some people would have quit I think I mean turn that into that's gonna be a little TikTok video. That's what I'm gonna do with Reiki Southwest. I'm gonna go around like make like comedy little comedy videos of my pets. Big 
<sighs> I heard it's a good thing to do um, for staying slim to have some uh, well protein protein in the morning okay and a little bit of um, vinegar like apple cider vinegar So, I'm going to try to do that. After I eat some granola bar. Granola. admiring my garden right now. You can enjoy the uh, sound of chewing and chickens. Chewing and chickens in the morning. So Trump falls right into Jack Smith's trap with TV denial. Yay! Nine minutes ago. I'm avoiding ads. Top secret document that Trump talked about in the 2021 meeting in his New Jersey Bedminster Golf Club was included in the 15 boxes that were returned to the National Archives in January of last year. That's what the news reporting is on this issue. That's a that's big news that's coming out. Let's talk about what that means and why this is such big news. So. The secret document that uh, that Mr. Trump discussed at this meeting uh, was always speculated about is this actually a real document or not? Does the government have this document? And on Thursday, when Jack Smith superseded the Mar-a-Lago indictment and added 11 pages, four counts, and uh, and several details that were not in the first uh, in the first indictment. We now know that Jack Smith has the document, and he was charged, Trump was charged with retaining this classified document, and it was described in the indictment as a presentation concerning military activity in a foreign country, which the news reports have said is Iran, and this was in the superseding indictment. So if you recall, he had previously been uh, charged with retaining 31 uh, documents, right, 31 documents that contained NDI, or National Defense Information, and that's really the, the definition of what makes it illegal. It's part of the Espionage Act that was, that was a statute that was passed way before the current classification system even, uh, even came into existence. So documents don't have to be classified for it to be illegal if you're possessing it. It's really, uh, it, has to, it has to include national defense information. Now, we always wondered, why did Jack Smith pick 31 of those documents that he described in his original Mar-a-Lago indictment, right? Because we know they uh, that, that during the search warrant, they recovered at least 100 or more bearing classified markings. And there were other documents that were given over before that. They were given over to the archive. 
lawyers. So there were multiple, multiple documents uh, that could have charged. Why did he only pick 31? And why didn't he include this report, this Iran document that, that Trump bragged about, that he was caught on tape waving around? And that has always been the question. But in this new court filing, in this superseding indictment that happened Thursday, the document was described as having been in Trump's possession from the day he left the White House in 2021 until January 17, 2022, which is the same date Trump is said to have returned the boxes to the National, Ar uh, the National Archives after many, many months of requests to do that. So it's very interesting that, uh, that they included it now. And why did they include it now? And I have a theory on that. It's, I think it's because he, Donald Trump, basically, when the indictment came down and it was read, uh, when it was, when people read it and when they saw that there was this recording, uh, and I'm going to read to you from the indictment in a minute, but when they showed there was this recording and, and then, if you recall, months later or weeks later, CNN actually obtained a copy of that recording and played the recording. So now we could hear for ourselves that Trump was waving around Russell papers. Fox, uh, Trump then went on Fox News on June 19th and said, you know, there was no document. That was a massive amount of papers and everything else talking about Iran and other things. And it may have been held up. It may not. But that was not a document. I didn't have a document per se. There was nothing to declassify. These were newspaper stories, magazine stories and articles. So, you know, and Trump's attorneys previously said they were unable to find the document. OK, so they told uh, told CNN that Trump and his staff did not review any materials in advance of providing it to the archives, and they don't haven't been told exactly which documents were recovered from Mar-a-Lago, which makes sense because they haven't gotten their top secret security clearance yet. But so I think my theory is Trump's statements, uh, you know, that this this was such a highly classified document. The reason there were only 31 charges is. Jack Smith had to negotiate with the intelligence community about which documents he can use at trial, which ones aren't going to jeopardize lives or jeopardize our national security if they are used at a trial, even if during the Classified Information Procedures Act, SEPA, even uh, once they do that, that procedure, that hearing, that will sanitize the documents and summarize them, maybe redact some information from them. There are some documents just even their very existence has to remain classified because it's so dangerous. So there are some documents that can't be sanitized, that can't be, you know, neutralized to be used at trial. And so those documents are ones that Jack Smith would have talked to the Intelligence Committee and, and they would have said that there was, I'm sure, a ton of negotiation uh, that they got down to these 31 documents and this, this Iran document was just way too sensitive. But once Trump came out and said the things that he said, there's no way that Jack Smith couldn't include it if he had it. Because basically, you know, he's calling him out and showing that he's a bold-faced liar. Again, this man just lies about absolutely everything. It's astonishing. But but let me just read to you from the superseding indictment. It's paragraph 34 on, um, on page uh, 15. It says on July 21st, 2021, when he was no longer president, Trump gave an interview in his office at the Bedminster Club to write to a writer and publisher in connection with a then forthcoming book. Two members of Trump's staff also attended the interview, which was recorded with Trump's knowledge and consent. Before the interview, the media had published reports that at the end of Trump's term as president, a senior military official 
purportedly feared that Trump might order an attack on country A and that the senior military official advised Trump against doing so. Upon greeting the writer, publisher, and his two staff members, Trump stated, look what I found. This was the plan of attack. This was the senior military official's plan of attack. Read it and just show it's interesting. And later in the interview, he engaged in the following exchange. And he says, you know, let me see, you know, Trump, well, let me, uh, let me show you this. Let me show you an example. He said, I wanted to attack country A. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look, this was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department. And you know what the writer said? Wow. And they go on and on. And you can just tell, you know, Trump says, I just, isn't this amazing? And the, the staffer's like, yeah, uh-huh. And he's like, Trump says, this is secret. This is secret information. Isn't this incredible? And, you know, he's just really showing off this document. And, you know, he said, uh, Trump then says, you know, I have to declassify it. The staffer says, yeah, figure out, uh, what, you know, and then they're, they're laughing. And the staffer says, yeah, now we have a problem. Right. And Trump says, I could have declassified. So at the time, and then it goes on to say at the time of this exchange, the writer and the publisher and Trump's two staff members did not have security clearances. And then in August or September 2021, when he was no longer uh, president, he met in his office at Bedminster, you know, and it goes on to talk about another super secret document, which is a military a map. And that is not included in this superseding indictment. But, but Jack Smith specifically says the document that Trump possessed and showed on July 21st, 2021, is charged as count 32 in this superseding indictment. So they have the document. It's count 32. It, uh, it is described. I'm going to find it. I'm looking right now for for the um, for the count. It is described as presentation concerning military activity in a foreign country. But why is this so significant? And what is coming out today about that? And that is he returned it to the National Archives. They have the document. But how do we know? which document he's even referring to, if that's what they did, and they returned it to the National Archives. There must be a cooperator. That's my theory. There must be somebody who's cooperating with Jack Smith who described the document, told him, uh, told them about it, and I'm sure that's how uh, Jack Smith also got this recording, this audio recording of this meeting, because somebody's cooperating, someone's providing information. Well, and so that's what's happening in this case, and uh, and we have the document, and Jack CM Smith prison? is ca called Donald Trump's bluff, and was like basically is showing the world that he's a liar, and the document exists. If we can, if if he can somehow, if Jack Smith can somehow show uh, at trial how dangerous this document is, how it puts lives at risk, it puts our national security at risk. I think then people will see what a danger Donald Trump is and how he puts his own interest above that of all of the rest of us. Why the fuck isn't day. he arrested yet? Thank you for listening. I'm Karen Friedman Agnifilo. Some people call me KFA, and uh, I'm a co-host on Legal AF. If you want to support us, go to our our merch store. Um, so I'm going to tell her why the fuck isn't he arrested yet.
including Scotland and Ivana Gravesite. From public office. Trista for press, Trump for president. My desk network. I said that's nice, but why the F isn't here rested yet? Take it in the, uh, behind bars. He's been arrested. Why isn't he fucking behind bars? And put behind bars. He's been arrested. Another spy of this magnitude. Scores of boxes of secret I said that's nice. But why isn't he fucking why the fuck? Why the F isn't he arrested? and put behind bars yet. Surely any other spy of this magnitude would have been in prison long ago. Is Trump holding our government hostage because he still has scores of boxes of national defense secrets? And what about the rest of our national defense secrets? Why doesn't Jack Smith and the Justice Department get a search warrant to search all his properties, including Scotland and Ivana Gravesite? Why hasn't he been disqualified yet? The fact he is running free is just preferential treatment on the part of our Justice Department. Justice delayed is justice denied. Christopher Perez, Trump for prison. Thank you for your service, carrying you and the rest of the folks that might as network get the first Camelot Prize.
Camelot. Camelot. Uh-huh, didn't why didn't he get a search for yet? Fanny Moore's moving on Trump, Tony Michael's podcast. Okay. Walk right in the that's nice. Hey, Justice Department. Stop blowing it. Hi, my tidge. What? Bye, my touch, man. And your soul, I'm sugar. So I tweeted that, and Epic Trader. <laughs> Epic? That's cool. Epic Trader. Terrorist. Get a search warrant. Tell Jack Smith. Tell Jack Smith to get a search warrant. 
It's a miracle. It's a miracle. You're still fucking there. Oh, Trista, watch your language. What if I want to sound like a sailor? Oh man, no. You can't hang out on the beds. I got this hen. Republicans get utterly destroyed by stepping into it again. Just see this? Welcome to what was that? No, I'm get off my bed. Republicans like Ben Shapiro have been losing their fucking minds on the new Barbie movie. Huh. And it's all because they think oh, it's a man hating woke propaganda fest. Really? Each movie and a lot of dance numbers, a lot of the beach. Oh, the guy just doesn't understand film Barbie. or art for that matter. I mean, Shapiro produced a movie with transphobe Gina Carano, and it was not only terrible, but it was also too woke for his right-wing fans. Now, before we get into Shapiro's mm -hmm. cringy magnum opus, he wanted everyone to know that he didn't go to the Barbie movie out of choice. His producers dragged him to go see it. Sure, Jim. I've been informed that this is Shapiro. Oh, I was going to say something important. Republicans get destroyed. Trump podcaster realizes he's in the cults. We've already heard that. I've already heard it. Let's see. Michael Popoff released the tape. Karen Friedman. Where's the tape? Hmm, let's see what Karen's doing. Prosecutors. One day ago. This is Karen. Karen's. Uh, This is all Karen. New filing today brought by the Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg in his case against Donald Trump for the Stormy Daniels payment. That's the first indictment of Donald Trump, right, where he uh, paid uh, a porn star through his fixer lawyer at the time, Michael Cohen, and then when he was president of the United States, he this on at least wrote checks out to Michael Cohen under the guise they were they were to reimburse him and pad pad the books a little bit to give him more income uh, because he paid off the porn star uh, before he was elected and uh, to try and quash that story to get him into office. So that case is going along and moving along nicely. Uh, it's set for trial in March of 2024 before the Honorable Judge Juan Mershon in the New York court, uh, this New York State Courthouse, a uh, judge that I've been before many times. He's an excellent judge. And, um, and in that case, there has recently been a new filing. And this was a letter that was written by Susan Hoffinger, who's one of the lawyers on the case, one of the prosecutors on the case. She's also an executive assistant DA at the Manhattan DA's office and the chief of the investigation division. So she's pretty high up there and she's supervising this case and 
possibly probably going to also try this case she also successfully tried the seventeen count conviction case against the trump organization the one where alan weisselberg testified um that was uh last year so she wrote a letter to judge lewis kaplan who is in the southern district now that's a federal court that's a whole other court and that's the judge and the court that heard the case and uh carol eugene carol versus donald trump the civil case okay not to be confused with criminal and uh and so let's for a minute just pause there's two different cases two different courts uh, and two different uh, standards in manhattan one is this um, defamation case eugene carroll versus trump there are two of those cases one already went to trial where he was convicted or where he was found liable uh, for um, defaming uh, Eugene Carroll, and he, she was awarded $5 million, and he continued to defame her after the fact, uh, especially when he um, brought a counterclaim where he said, I was vindicated because they only found me guilty of sexual abuse and rape, because she said he raped me, because everybody knows that rape is the forcibly insert something into someone's body, but there's a you know, to a woman's vagina you know, for the purpose of you know, if you insert forcibly something into a woman's vagina, that's rape, and that's what she said. But New York has a kind of arcane quirk in the law that it has to be a penis for it to be rape, otherwise it's sexual abuse, and because they weren't sure, the jury wasn't sure whether or not, uh, I should say, E. Jean Carroll couldn't tell the difference between Trump's finger and Trump's penis, uh, which, you know, that's not the possible that we talked about in our podcast, um, but they couldn't, and so as a result, they just, they couldn't fit within that New York de- defin- definition that had to be penis, and so they found him guilty of sexual abuse, not rape, but, you know, in the lay person's term, of course it's rape. Anyway. So in that particular case that already happened, Donald Trump sat for a deposition. It was taped, it was under oath, and he was questioned. And what's happening right now in the state court case, the Stormy Daniels case, is they want access to that deposition. Why do they want access to that deposition? Because there's going to be all sorts of evidence uh, all over that because questions were asked of Donald Trump about his how he treats women and forcibly uh forcibly takes you know does sexual things to them i'm sorry i'm I'm struggling with saying it out loud because it's so repulsive and so vile it's so vile that he would do this that like the access hollywood tape for example that that really features in the alvin bragg case it's part of the case because it was right before the election how he was talking about women how he you know grabs them by you know when you're you're famous you can just grab them by the p word you know the 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 p word um and just take what you want and you know he's just he's so just it's so upsetting anyway he that feature is a feature Uh, to um, Roberta Kaplan, 
Judge Lewis Kaplan, the verdict of Kaplan is E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, and said we would like to have access to that deposition. Can you please give it to us? Because if, you know, if the defendant is Trump, Mr. Trump made admissions or any other relevant statements that are to be considered admissions that are relevant to Judge Daniel's case, they could be used against him at trial. And so they would like to have access to that. And so they issued a subpoena to Roberta Kaplan. And the issue is, and when Donald Trump moved to quash that subpoena, which he can do, and this happened in front of Judge Mershon, and Judge Mershon, he said, you know, the subpoena, by the way, there's multiple subpoenas, not just to Matthew Kaplan for the deposition. It was also to the Trump Organization for certain emails and for other information. And so Trump brought this motion to quash the subpoena of all of these different items that were listed in the subpoena. And Judge Mershon ruled on them. He said some were overbroad, some were irrelevant, and kind of made a ruling, which is very standard in these cases. But when it came to the subpoena to Bobby Kaplan for the deposition, what Judge Mershon said was, I don't find the subpoena to be overbroad, and I do find it to be relevant. Therefore, I will allow it. People have established that this is not just a fishing expedition, that this is both relevant and material. However, he said, however, it's unclear whether it is under a protected not comply. On the other hand, if the requested material in there, if the requested materials in their entirety are no longer protected by the order, then Kaplan, Hecker, and Fink is directed to comply with the subpoena within 16 days from the date the parties received confirmation from the Southern District. So that's what's going on in the Stormy Daniels case. It's still going and the prosecutors are looking to get information so that they are ready to go and go to trial in that case in March. Don't forget that case 
also that recently Donald Trump tried to move that case to federal court, if you recall. He tried to remove it um, because he doesn't like Juan Rashan. So he's judge shopping and said, oh, you know, let's go. This is a really important federal matter. So I don't think I should be prosecuted in the lowly state court. I'm, I'm sort of, you know, paraphrasing and adding a little bit of uh, commentary there. He didn't say it like that, but that's basically what he was saying. And so he went to federal court. He got assigned Judge Alvin Hellerstein and said, Judge Hellerstein, since I'm the former president, I should be prosecuted in federal court, not in state court. And so therefore, I'm removing this case to federal court. They had oral arguments. They had they briefed the matter, and um, and Judge Hellerstein ultimately said, "Yes, you're a federal, you're a former federal official, so you qualify the first prong that would remove f to federal court, but you don't qualify the next two prongs, which is a you weren't doing. There's nothing you were doing under color of uh, federal law, under the color of your." of your authority as a federal officer. This was entirely personal. This was a personal payment to somebody that you had an affair with, and this was your personal lawyer. This had nothing to do with your presidency, number one. And number two, there's no federal defense that was implicated here that would be appropriate. And you have to have all three to get removal to federal court. So Judge Hellerstein remanded it back to Judge Mershon, and so it's it's continuing in state court. And um, this is very standard, back and forth, issuing subpoenas getting evidence, um, and asking the judge to make rulings. And so this case is moving along and moving forward nicely, and I see no reason why this won't go in March of 2020. The Stormy Daniels hush money payment, don't forget that's the first indictment of Donald Trump, right, where he uh, paid uh, a porn star through his fixer lawyer at the time, Michael Cohen, and then while he was president of the United States in the Oval Office on at least 17 occasions, wrote checks out to Michael Cohen uh, under the guise that they were for legal services when they weren't. They were in they were to reimburse him and pad pad the books a little bit to give him more income uh, because he paid off the porn star uh, before he was elected and uh, to try and quash that story to get him into office. So that case is going along and moving along nicely. Uh, it's set for trial in March of 2024 before the Honorable Judge Juan Mershon in the New York court, uh, this New York State Courthouse, uh, a judge that I've been before many times. He's an excellent judge. And um, and in that case, there has recently been a new filing. And this was a letter that was written by Susan Hoffinger, who's one of the lawyers on the case, the one of the prosecutors on the case. She's also an executive assistant DA at the Manhattan DA's office and the chief of the investigation division. So she's pretty high up there and she's supervising this case and possibly, probably going to also try this case. She also successfully tried the 17-count uh, conviction case against the Trump Organization, the one where Alan Weisselberg testified um, that was uh, last year. So she wrote a letter to Judge Lewis Kaplan, who is in the Southern District. Now that's a federal court. That's a whole other court. And that's the judge and the court that heard the case and uh, Carol, Eugene Carroll versus Donald Trump the civil case, okay, not to be confused with criminal. And, uh, and so let's for a minute just 
pause. There are two different cases, two different courts, uh, and two different uh, standards in Manhattan. One is this um, defamation case, E. Jean Carroll versus Trump. There are two of those cases. One already went to trial where he was convicted or where he was found liable uh, for um, defaming uh, E. Jean Carroll, and he, she was awarded $5 million, and he continued to defame her after the fact, uh, especially when he um, brought a counterclaim where he said, I was vindicated because they only found me guilty of sexual abuse, not rape, because she said he raped me because everybody knows that rape is the, you know, when you forcibly insert something into somebody's body, uh, but there's, you know, into, into a woman's vagina uh, for the purpose, you know, for uh, if you if you if you insert forcibly something into a woman's vagina, that's rape, and that's what she said. But New York has a kind of arcane quirk in the law that it has to be a penis for it to be rape; otherwise, it's sexual abuse. And because they weren't sure, the jury wasn't sure whether or not uh, I, I should say Eugene Carroll couldn't tell the difference between a, Trump's finger and Trump's penis, uh, which you know. That made Popak blush when we talked about it on our podcast, um, but they couldn't, and so as a result, they just they it couldn't fit within that New York de defin definition that had to be penis, and so they found him guilty of sexual abuse, not rape. But you know, in the lay person's term, of course, it's rape. Anyway, so in that particular case that already happened, Donald Trump sat for a deposition. It was taped, it was under oath, and he was questioned, and the. What's happening right now in the state court case, the Stormy Daniels case, is they want access to that deposition. Why do they want access to that deposition? Because there's going to be all sorts of evidence uh, all over that because questions were asked of Donald Trump about his, how he treats women and forcibly, uh, forcibly takes, you know, does sexual things to them. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm struggling with saying it out loud because it's so repulsive and so vile, it, it's so vile that he would do this, that he, like the Access Hollywood tape, for example, that, that really features in the Alvin Bragg case, it's part of the case because it was right before the election, how he was talking about women, how he, you know, grabs them by, you know, when you're, when you're famous, you can just grab them by the P word, you know, the, the, the P word that, um, and just take what you want and you know he's just he's so just it's so upsetting anyway he that featured is going to feature in uh, in the Stormy Daniels case because it's relevant to his attitude toward women around that time and it was something that was brought up and he was questioned about in the E. Jean Carroll case so but so the um, the Manhattan DA's office issued a subpoena to uh, to um, Roberta Kaplan, not Judge Lewis Kaplan, Roberta Kaplan, who's E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, and said, we would like to have access to that deposition. Can you please give it to us? Because if, you know, if the defendant, if Trump, Mr. Trump made admissions uh, or any other relevant statements that are could be considered admissions uh, that are relevant for the Stormy Daniels case, they could be used against him at trial. And so they would like to have access to that. And so they issued a subpoena to um, Roberta Kaplan and Roberta and, and the issue is, uh, and when they, when um, Donald Trump moved to quash that subpoena, which he can do, and this happened in front of Judge Mershon, and Judge Mershon, he said, you know, 
the subpoena, by the way, there was multiple subpoenas, uh, not just to um, Robbie Kaplan for the deposition. It was also for uh, to the Trump Organization for certain emails and for other information. And so, the, so Trump brought this motion to quash the subpoena, all of these different of all of these different items that were listed in the subpoenas. And Judge Mershon ruled on them. He said some were overbroad, some were relevant, and, you know, kind of made a ruling, which is very standard in these cases. But when it came to the subpoena to Robbie Kaplan for the deposition, uh, what 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 um, Judge Mershon said was, I don't find the subpoena to be overbroad, and I do find it to be relevant. Therefore, I will allow it. The people have established, the people meaning the prosecutors, that's what we call them. The people have established uh, that this is not just a fishing expedition, that this is both relevant and material. However, he said, uh, however, it's unclear whether it is under a protective order or not, because originally the deposition was uh, put under a, a protective order by Judge Kaplan in that case. And Judge Mershon just was not clear whether A, it's still under a protective order, and B, whether complying with the subpoena would violate that. So what happened today is Susan Hoffinger, the, the um, chief of the investigation division and the executive assistant DA in the Manhattan DA's office under Alvin Bragg, wrote a letter to uh, to um, to Judge Kaplan and basically said to him, uh, please clarify, can you please clarify whether or not, uh, you know, whether or not you can, we can have this information because Judge Mershon said this court does not wish to create any issue or conflict with Judge Kaplan's order. Therefore, the appropriate course of action is for either or both parties to seek clarification from Judge Kaplan as to whether compliance with the subpoena would in any way violate his order. If the order is still in effect, then Kaplan, Hecker, and think that's the law firm must not comply. On the other hand, if the requested material in there, if the requested materials in their entirety are no longer protected by the order, then Kaplan, Hecker, and Fink is directed to comply with the subpoena within 16 days from the date the parties received confirmation from the Southern District. So that's what's going on in the uh, Stormy Daniels case. It's still going, and uh, the prosecutors are, are looking to get information so that they are ready that he would do this, that he, like the Access Hollywood tape, for example, that, that really features in the Alvin Bragg case, it's part of the case because it was right before the election, how he was talking about women, how he, you know, grabs them by, you know, when, you, when you're famous, you can just grab them by the P word, you know, the, the, the P word that, um, and just take what you want. And, you know, he's just, he's so, it's so upsetting. Anyway, he, that featured, is going to feature in, uh, in the Stormy Daniels case, because it's relevant to his attitude toward women around that time. And it was something that was brought up and he was questioned about in the E. Jean Carroll case. So, but, so the, um, the Manhattan DA's office issued a subpoena to uh, to um, Roberta Kaplan, not Judge Lewis Kaplan, Roberta Kaplan, who's E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, and said, we would like to have access to that deposition. Can you please give it to us? Because if, you know, if the defendant, if Trump, Mr. Trump made admissions 
uh, or any other relevant statements that are could be considered admissions uh, that are relevant for the Stormy Daniels case, they could be used against him at trial. And so they would like to have access to that. And so they issued a subpoena to um, Roberta Kaplan. And, Roberta, and, and the issue is... Uh, and when they, when um, Donald Trump moved to quash that subpoena, which he can do, and this happened in front of Judge Mershon, and Judge Mershon, he said, you know, the, the subpoena, by the way, there was multiple subpoenas, uh, not just to um, Robbie Kaplan for the deposition, it was also for, uh, to the Trump Organization for certain emails and for other information. And so, the, so Trump brought this motion to quash the subpoena all of these different of all of these different items that were listed in the subpoenas and judge Mershon ruled on them. He said some were overbroad, some were relevant and, you know, kind of made a ruling, which is very standard in these cases. But when it came to the subpoena to Robbie Kaplan for the deposition, uh, what, 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 um, judge Mershon said was, I don't find the subpoena to be overbroad and I do find it to be relevant. Therefore, I will allow it. The people have established, the people meaning the prosecutors, that's what we call them. The people have established uh, that this is not just a fishing expedition, that this is both relevant and material. However, he said, uh, however, it's unclear whether it is under a protective order or not, because originally the deposition was uh, put under a, a protective order by Judge Kaplan in that that case. And Judge Mershon just was not clear whether A, it's still under a protective order, and B, whether complying with the subpoena would violate that. So what happened today is Susan Hoffinger, the, the um, chief of the investigation division and the executive assistant DA in the Manhattan DA's office under Alvin Bragg, wrote a letter to uh, to um, to Judge Kaplan and basically said to him, uh, please clarify, can you please clarify whether or not, uh, you know, whether or not you can, we can have this information because Judge Mershon said this court does not wish to create any issue or conflict with Judge Kaplan's order. Therefore, the appropriate course of action is for either or both parties to seek clarification from Judge Kaplan as to whether compliance with the subpoena would in any way violate his order. If the order is still in effect, then Kaplan, Hecker, and think that's the law firm must not comply. On the other hand, if the requested material in there, if the requested materials in their entirety are no longer protected by the order, then Kaplan, Hecker, and Fink is directed to comply with the subpoena within 16 days from the date the parties receive confirmation from the Southern District. So that's what's going on in the uh, Stormy Daniels case. It's still going, and uh, the prosecutors are, are looking to get information so that they are ready to go and go to trial in that case in March. Uh, don't forget that case also that recently Donald Trump tried to move that case to federal court, if you recall. He tried to remove it um, because he doesn't like Juan Mershon. So he's judge shopping and said, oh, you know, let's go. This is a really important federal matter. So I don't think I should be prosecuted in the lowly state court. I'm, I'm sort of, you know, 
paraphrasing and adding a little bit of uh, commentary there. He didn't say it like that, but that's basically what he was saying. And so he went to federal court. He got assigned Judge Alvin Hellerstein and said, Judge Hellerstein, since I'm the former president, I should be prosecuted in federal court, not in state court. And so therefore, I'm removing this case to federal court. They had oral arguments. They had they briefed the matter, and um, and Judge Hellerstein ultimately said, "Yes, you're a federal, you're a former federal official, so you qualify the first prong that would remove f- to federal court, but you don't qualify the next two prongs, which is a you weren't doing. There's nothing you were doing under color of uh, federal law, under the color of your." of your authority as a federal officer. This was entirely personal. This was a personal payment to somebody that you had an affair with, and this was your personal lawyer. This had nothing to do with your presidency, number one. And number two, there's no federal defense that was implicated here that would be appropriate. And you have to have all three to get removal to federal court. So Judge Hellerstein remanded it back to Judge Mershon, and so it's it's continuing in state court. And um, this is very standard, back and forth, issuing subpoenas getting evidence, um, and asking the judge to make rulings. And so this case is moving along and moving forward nicely, and I see no reason why this won't go in March of 2024. I'm Karen Friedman Agnifilo with Legal AF. Uh, Thank you so much for joining. Check out our new merch at the Legal AF store, and that's one way of many that you can support us. Thank you so much for joining. Hey, Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. case is that he will never ever pay that Other people's comments. My late 91-year-old staunch Republican neighbor said it best. Donald Trump is nothing but a spoiled brat. He saw right through him years ago. There isn't a lawyer on this planet that could possibly save Trump. 
So many indictments for someone who did nothing wrong, with the exception of rape, fraud, RICO, etc., perfect criminal. Trump, I don't know what a subpoena is. Wait, sir, they're the first things I read to you every morning. Walt. I can't help but feel that thing that bothers Trump most about the Eugene Carroll case is that she couldn't tell the difference between his fingers and his penis. <laughs>
said 26 and look into 2016 uh, Kitty 